My name is Curtis Dixon, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. On Shriver. Snyder with scores. Now it's Mike Pinnell scores. Hands off for Rabel. Switches hands and scores. Kylie Omiller showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton. He's Adam. Together, we're bringing you interviews with your favorite players and coaches, as well as news from all four professional lacrosse leagues. What is up, lacrosse fans? We are back for another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. We have a lot of news from all four of the leagues. Uh, we had a little bit of the WPL news that we weren't expecting to get, and we knew it was coming soon, but uh, we're going to get all in all of that. But before we do, Adam, I have to ask, how was your week? It was good, man. A lot, lot going on. It was tryouts week for Boys Latin. Had a lot of good competition going with some future pros, right, uh, that, that we'll hopefully have on the pot at some point down the road. But it's been a great week. Really excited to be back on the field uh, with the fellas. And we have game action in a couple weeks. But for right now, practice is all we got, and we'll take it. Yeah, it's exciting. Hopefully there are some pros to come out of Boys Latin. It wouldn't be the first time. You have plenty of them in the, the leagues right now. How was your week cutting? Yeah, I, I had a pretty good week too. Uh, witnessed Ovechkin's 700th goal, um, which I for me was a big milestone. I had seen goal 500, uh, goal 600, and now goal 700. I was in person in Jersey for that. Nice. Um, and the milestone kind of reminded me of another milestone that we're going to talk about a little bit later about a, a legend, Brody Merrill. So we'll get into that a little bit. But before we do that, let's go into our fastest fast break. It's time for the fastest fast break. We go to Halifax. In a big North Division matchup between the Thunderbirds and the Toronto Rock. In a defensive battle, Warren Hill comes up big for the Thunderbirds as they remain on top of the hill in the North Division. 9-8. Then we go to San Diego where the Seals are taking on the Vancouver Warriors. And it's the captain, Brody Merrill, securing his 2,518th loose ball and the victory for the San Diego Seals as they go on to win. 15 to 10. And then at the casino, we have the Nighthawks taking on the New England Black Wolves. This one is a route, ladies and gentlemen, as Callum Crawford scores 12 points in a big New England Black Wolves victory over the Rochester Nighthawks. Then it's the Saskatchewan Rush and to Philadelphia in another primetime matchup. But the Rush proved to be too much as Ben McIntosh helps lead Saskatchewan to a big 15-10 victory over the Wings. And in the final game of the weekend, an overtime thriller between the Calgary Roughnecks and the Georgia Swarm. Curtis Dixon and Reese Dutch were all fireworks in this one as Dixon scores 10 points and Reese Dutch scores 8. But it was the captain, Dane Doby, who was the hero once again. He scores 6 goals in this one, including the overtime game winner. Welcome back, Captain Dane Doby. Those are your NLO games from this weekend, and that is your fastest fast break. All right, so that is our fastest fast break. Now let's go into our quick stick. We had a lot of news, as I mentioned, from all around the leagues. Uh, the first, we'll start out with the NLL. We had some trades. It's trade season right now. The deadline is March 17th, so we are approaching that. There's still some plenty of time for some teams to make some deals before the deadline. The biggest one to start this trade season off hot was uh, Mammoth acquiring Tyler Digby from the Riptide. Uh, they give the Riptide a 2020 second-round pick and a 2021 second-round pick. So a decent return for the Riptide. Uh, they give up Tyler Digby, who's obviously a big part of their offense. Um, but, you know, the Mammoth get a little bit added offense to their roster. And then in more recent news, the Buffalo Bandits acquired forward Dan Lintner 
and defenseman Frank Brown, and as well as a fourth-round pick in the 2020 NLL entry draft from the Rochester Nighthawks in exchange for forwards Dallas Bridal, Thomas Hogarth, and a second- and third-round pick in the 2020 NLL entry draft. So uh, I think this was a, a pretty fair trade. I, I think Rochester made out pretty well. Um, you know, their season is obviously in the tanks right now, so it's kind of key for them to make those moves. Same with the Riptide. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, the Bandits add some depth on both the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball. So um, I wouldn't say there's a clear winner in this trade, uh, but uh, I think it, it benefits both teams. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and we, we don't know the severity of that Dane Smith injury. He's probably not playing this weekend. Uh, so it was kind of behooves uh, the Buffalo squad to add a little bit. Uh, more on offense and this is a it this trades are just starting I think we'll probably see a few uh when the deadline gets a little bit closer too so yeah for sure uh trade season is in full effect uh moving on to the PLL Joe Fletcher announces his retirement obviously a, a pretty illustrious career he he won a national championship with Loyola um and you know and played in the pros for for several years he he made his return to the pros this past summer uh, joining the Chrome in week four um, and he, he really made an immediate impact for them. I was surprised that they left him unprotected, but they, they probably were aware of his plans for retirement. Um, so that's a pretty big hole for uh, the, the Chrome to have to replace. They lost Chris Sabia as well. So those are two guys they're going to have to really uh, fill going into the season. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he, he was a fantastic player last year and as well during his time in the MLL, former defensive player of the year during his MLL days. So uh, great career overall. He'll definitely be missed by the Chrome coming into next season. Yep. And then in some uh, even bigger PLL news, they announced a major deal with Ticketmaster. So they are going the route of Gatorade G League and the Premier League that used to be presented by Barclays. And they will be called the Premier Lacrosse League powered by Ticketmaster. Uh, Ticketmaster will sponsor their podcast network. It will be called Ticketmaster Studios. Um, obviously, we mentioned the name. And this de- deal has been reported around seven figures, so a lot of money going into the PLL. Uh, we don't obviously know the extent of this, but that is the value of the deal. We don't really know any more than that. Um, and sometimes these valuations, too, are you know not just um, cash. There's other sponsorship values in there, too, so... Um, it looks like Ticketmaster is really going to leave a mark on the PLL, and they're going to be fully branded and fully backed by Ticketmaster. Um, and the um, other important piece is Ticketmaster now has Premier Lacrosse League tickets available, so you can go on the Ticketmaster app um, and you know sign up there. I know a lot of people were kind of up in arms because Ticketmaster does have a bad reputation of really jacking up their fees, but most of the fees that people were reporting were not very high. I think the, the lowest was around 4 bucks. Uh, total for like a four ticket pack which is pretty good and then um as high as i think eight dollars which compared to sometimes you're paying you know fifteen dollars in fees per ticket uh for other events that's actually relatively low so um, i think the benefit obviously for the pll in terms of a capital uh, benefit is there but also i think for fans too one of the the points of emphasis this year was to kind of you know streamline that a little bit more and i think they've done that and they'll also be able to gather a lot of more data from having tickets on people's phones. Um, obviously, they'll have access to people's phone data um, through this Ticketmaster sponsorship. It kind of gives them extra data for them to kind of, you know, easily target people going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talk about 
having more ammo in that arsenal, and this definitely adds to that. It adds to the legitimacy of the league, and it adds uh, in, in a lot of different ways. So big day for the PLO, and I, I don't expect the news to stop here. No, not not at all. Um, I will say I'm I'm not referring to it as the PLO powered by Ticketmaster. It's just going to be still PLO for me. It's too much of a mouthful, but that will be how they will be branded this season. And then going off of that, you mentioned that I don't think we're done hearing about some news. We we heard a lot of rumors going around this week. One of the biggest rumors was that Miles Jones would be traded to the Redwoods. Now, there's nothing that we have found to confirm this. Uh, obviously, what kickstarted this off was Miles Jones, on his Instagram story, had a picture of a, a bear. Um, so that kind of set things in motion. And he had a bunch of Redwoods players tweeting out eye, eyeball emojis. Um, some of that may have been for the Ticketmaster announcement, which hadn't happened yet. Some of that may have them just been trolling us. I know I talked to Pat Harbison this week. He said he just saw Ryder Garnsey do it, so he just joined in on the fun. So he had you know, no inside information on what was going on with that. Um, but the report was that Miles Jones was going to be traded from the chaos to the Redwoods, and a name that was being discussed in return would be Sergio Salcedo. Now, I don't know what you think about this trade, Adam. One, it, it, Right now, it doesn't sound like it's happening at all. It sounds like a rumor at this point. Um, I'd be remiss to say, too, uh, adding some more fuel to the fire was not only that we had all this going on and there's rumors of it, Mike Commodore, yes, the NHL hockey player, former NHL hockey player and Stanley Cup champion, Mike Commodore, the insider, as he has <laughs> uh, for the people, tweeted out some last-minute trade news after the NHL trade deadline saying that uh, Sergio Salcido, pack your shit, uh, it's time to go to the chaos. And so that's what everyone was also kind of like, okay, maybe there is some validity to this. We had heard kind of rumors that weren't really founded. Um, but when he tweeted that out, it's like, okay, is this was this a publicity stunt, you know, in the, the vein of uh, Biz Nasty, um, you know, tweeting out that NLL uh, tweet a few few months back. You know, that's what I think it might have been, just a publicity stunt. But what? Miles Jones is on the Redwoods roster. Really? On the website all right we are back after a little hiatus uh we apologize for that adam was just over there breaking some news uh (laughs) he found out that on the pll's website miles jones is listed under the redwoods roster and sergio salcido is listed under the chaos roster right now that's all we can see um, in terms of players that have been moved, it looks like it's just those two straight up. Uh, again, I just gonna bite my tongue after saying that I didn't think that news was true. Uh, I guess Mike Commodore was actually onto something. He he is the insider after all, man of the people. And uh, a- Adam is now man of the people after dropping an Adam bomb on Twitter. Go. So yes, that is an inside look of Adam breaking news. Uh-huh. <laughs> So I don't know how we really top that. I think we can just end the podcast there. Probably. Yeah, right, right. Um, but that is the biggest PLL news, is it looks like Miles Jones is headed to the Redwoods and Sergio Salcedo is headed to the chaos. We will wait for official word, but, again, you can't get more official than the PLL website. Um, our very own Adam broke that news <laughs> on Twitter uh, after I said that I didn't think it was going to happen. So, And I, I think I'll just uh, show myself out. But, um, yeah, that's the PLL portion of our quick stick um in some wpll news the league announced that they are shrinking from five teams to four teams the fire will no longer be playing um the game day rosters are also going down from 19 to 15 
that's just because uh, right now it looks like they don't have enough sponsorships. They were pretty transparent about that in Michelle Julius's note that she released on U.S. Lacrosse and Inside Lacrosse. Um, you know, she thinks though this is a way to kind of stabilize the league and hopefully, you know, get some long-term growth um, come from this after they they you know stabilize a little bit and right now it sounds like you know they can field four teams and four teams i think will be just fine I, you know it's just disappointing that it seems like they're taking a step backward not a step forward yeah you know this definitely is big news for the league and i'm hoping uh that this will kind of create a little bit more consistency so i'm we, we talked off pot a little bit about what this means for the playoffs it probably means uh the top two teams in the regular season will end up being in the championship game, um, a one-game playoff or, or multiple game uh, championship potentially. So um, I will say the league is still stacked with players. That just will make every roster that more competitive, um, that much better competition once they do uh, hit the field this summer. So I'm still excited uh, for what the league has to bring. And when, it, when you think about it, what did the Fire win one game last year? So if any roster was going to get disbanded, I, that would have probably been the one that I had picked. So those players moved to, to other squads. Um, I'm excited. We have uh, the Van Thoth sisters. Uh, we talked to them a little bit um, in a future pod, and they'll be both on the command, which is super exciting. So a lot of awesome storylines coming out of the WPLL um, and big things to come for them. I'm, I'm excited for the league. Yeah, it's just great to get some news, too. We also got, you know, a head coaching uh, change. Lindsay Monday is going to be the head coach of the command. Um, she is currently the head coach of USC, so it will be nice to, you know, see her take command of that team, no pun intended. Um, and like you said, the Van Thoff sisters playing together on that roster. So, yeah, it's just good to get some WPLL news. And then in some actual college news, per se, it applies to the professional in a way, but uh, Docs Aiken has announced that he's going to play football at Villanova. JT Giles-Harris is also going to take a fifth year to play football. And then obviously we knew Jared Bernhardt is also looking to play football somewhere next year. Those are three guys that were, you know, being ranked in the top 10. And we're being ranked in the top 10, even top five with, you know, Docs Aiken even, you know, people thinking that he could go number one uh, in either the Premier Lacrosse League or MLL College Draft. So, you know, those guys I still think might end up getting drafted, you know, to kind of like a Pat Spencer move. Uh, keep their player rights for these teams. You know, they're good enough players that it's worth taking them, even if they're not going to play next summer. Um, but, you know, I know some people are bummed about the news that they're not going to be playing professional across this summer. But to me, it's like it's just a testament of the athleticism that is in the game right now. If you have guys that are playing four years of college lacrosse and then going elsewhere to, you know, immediately play uh, another college sport like Pat Spencer, who you might be playing overseas next year professionally, it looks like. Um, it kind of just speaks to the athleticism in the game right now. You know, we're, we're lacrosse athletes are just as athletic as any other athlete. So I think it's a good move, uh, a good sign in a way, even though it is disappointing we won't see them take the field this summer. And then some MLL news. They announced their protected rosters. We have those up on our website uh, and on our social media. Um, but there was a lot of trades, and that kind of segues into our discussion of who is staying in the MLL, who's switching teams, who's resigning. And who might be moving to the PLL? So let's dive into this discussion a little bit, Adam. Um, we have a bunch of trades went down last week, so let's go through those first. Bryce Wasserman getting traded from the Rattlers, which is now the Hammerheads, for Will Sands. So Wasserman goes to the Cannons, and uh, Will Sands will go to the Hammerheads. 
Um, so I think this trade was pretty good straight up. Uh, I think, you know, I, if I had to pick one, I, they're just two different attackmen, you know, style of attackmen. Um, um, I think Wasserman maybe might be a slight, give him a slighter edge, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think, I think this was a pretty fair trade uh, in my mind. But another trade that the Cannons were involved in um, was the trading for Randy Stotts and Brian Cole. They go to the Cannons in return for P.T. Ritchie and three draft picks. So you have a second-round draft pick, third-round draft pick, and another third-round draft pick that the Cannons had acquired from the Rattlers, um, all going to the Barrage. So the Barrage get a solid, you know, long-stick midi and P.T. Ritchie, and then they load up on some draft picks. Um, they've been losing a lot of offense. It's been interesting. Um, and I don't know, the Randy Stotts, Brian Cole, that's, that's, that's a, some big pieces to give up. Um, and I'm disappointed that the Randy Stotts, Shane Jackson duo might be broken up now. But uh, what do you think on this trade? Do you think it was fair? Yeah, you know, it, it's hard to say. We, we talked a little bit when we, we found out that this trade happened that um, they are getting some solid draft picks, right? And then a couple of second rounders and a third. And um, I think – and they're getting a solid uh, defender in P.T. Ricci back, who's a Philly guy, um, which we talked about um, previously that we, we expect uh, a lot of these MLL teams uh, to have regionally based rosters with guys from those areas to try and uh, grow the game uh, on the grass, grassroots level. Um, and like I said, there, there are strong draft picks um, and it is an absolute stacked college draft. So you think two second round picks, they're anywhere in between uh, seven and 12 um, in terms they're between pick seven and 12 potentially. So they're going to get uh, two really strong players. Uh, I will say to that effect, uh, I'm curious if you get, I will say to that effect, uh, the players you're hoping uh, to pick up uh, in that draft are players like Shane. Who, who was it? Randy Stotts and Shane Jackson, right? No, Randy Stotts Stott. and uh, Brian Cole. Brian, Brian Cole. Cole. I will say um, you're hoping uh, in the draft to get players uh, like Randy Stotts um, and Brian Cole um, with those types of picks. So um, both of those guys aren't, aren't too old. Uh, so um, we'll see what happens. I, I'm not going to give a full opinion at this point just because I don't know what they're doing with the rest of their roster. You know, we'll talk probably in a few seconds about uh, the trade that they just made for Kyle Marr. Um, which is which is a great pickup for them and, and a few other moves. So um, I'm excited to see what they do going forward. Um, and until we see the kind of entire landscape of uh, those trades and the kind of uh, domino effect that they have, uh, I'll hold off to, to give an official grade. All right, I, I'm going to give my knee-jerk reaction. I, I don't like it. Um, not because I think if this was the only field lacrosse league, it'd be a good move. Um, you know, you, you load up on draft picks. And you get a Philly guy back, kind of bolster that defense a little bit. That struggled sure. last year. And we've heard that, you know, like a guy like Liam Burns might be leaving for the PLL. You know, their top defender last year um, when they were the Blaze. So on paper, that would have been a good deal. My thing is, you mentioned Randy Sots and Brian Cole. You know what you're getting with them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who they're going to get with these draft picks. You know, I don't know who's going to go to the PLL, who's going to go to the MLL. I think we'll see more people go to the MLL than we're probably expecting just because there's so limited roster spots on the PLL right now. Um, they have a little bit more talent than the MLL. It's just, just the fact of the matter. So 
that means and they, they have uh, smaller rosters so that means there's going to be a lot of talent kind of left on the outside looking in so if i'm a college player i i kind of wait and see you know what happens in this entry draft um you know i kind of you know then kind of weigh my options with where i'm taken but um again it's just too much left under you know too much left up to questioning um so that's why i i don't really like the move um i would have preferred if philly held on to those two guys but yeah again we will see um, again, that's just a knee-jerk reaction, but we'll, we'll see going forward. And we don't know. We, we've talked previously. We don't know the inner workings, right? Were, mm-hmm. were those guys interested in, in going to Philly, right? Where, what are their uh, off-seasons looking like? Where, where do they live? There, there's a lot more moving pieces than you would think um, when it comes to both leagues um, mm-hmm. that we, we've, we've chatted about before. So uh, it's definitely something uh, to keep an eye on going forward. Yeah. The Outlaws trade Kyle Marr. To the Barrage, which the Barrage give up a 2021 fifth-round supplemental draft pick to Denver. What do you think of that one? Yeah, that that's something that if they're trying to build up that roster after losing key guys like Brian Cole and Randy Stotts, makes sense, right? Um, he, he's a proven player, and to be honest, you're not giving too much up. Um, so that one I'm, I'm really excited about for, for the Barrage fans. Yeah, no, I think it was a good move. He's a talented player, you know, had a great career at Hopkins. Uh, and like I said, they only gave up, they gave up actually, so I made a mistake, they gave up a fifth-round collegiate draft pick in this year's draft and then a fifth-round supplemental draft pick uh, for next year's draft. So, that's yeah, nice. that's, I don't know, that's nothing really to me. Uh, to mention how I don't value draft picks too much right now at this point. Um, and Kyle Moore is a great player. He came in, I think, in four games last season with the Outlaws and, you know, had a pretty solid... Solid year, so I like the move for the, for the barrage acquiring him. Uh, Tim Barber is traded to the barrage in exchange for Colton Jackson, who goes to Denver. And then uh, some some signings that we have. Warren Jeffrey resigns with the Bayhawks. Uh, that was big. He he was a big he had a big rookie campaign last season. Obviously having a good uh, season with the Mammoth and the NLL as well. Uh, Andrew Newbold resigns with the the Outlaws, as well as Charlie Hayes. Uh, John Wagner is going back with the Bayhawks. Denver native Kyle Pless also signs with the Outlaws for 2020. And then Nick Mariano and Greg Dansiglio will return to the Bayhawks. They re-sign. So a lot of signings, you know, um, nothing like too major, you know, not like a, a Lyle Thompson level. Um, we still expect Rob Pinnell to go to the PLL. That announcement has been made because the contracts aren't up yet. Um, they'll, they'll be up this weekend. So uh, that's kind of the MLL news from around here. But uh, uh, I don't know. What what are your thoughts? Uh, we're hearing from Dan Arestia and, you know, from some other people that um, a guy like Jesse Bernhardt could be going to the PLL. Um, we also heard, though, that Zach Perrier was considering the PLL, and now it sounds like he might be going back with the Outlaws. Um, what are your, what's your opinion on the whole situation right now, PLL versus MLL? Yeah, you know, it, I, I think it depends on the player you're talking about, right? I think – each player individually is probably kind of going over uh, kind of a cost-benefit analysis to see what's most beneficial for their careers, where they're going to get the most playing time, um, where they see their kind of future careers as a professional lacrosse player going. Um, we know that uh, all the players, all 100% of the players in the PLL will be returning next year as announced. Um, so that that's something to kind of keep in mind. And I do expect... Uh, a large swath of players probably to to move over uh, to migrate over to the PLL. But like like I said, I think players are looking at 
uh, kind of where they stand on current rosters, whether that's PLL or MLL, um, and kind of deciding where they're going to have the opportunity to play the most, uh, where they're going to have the opportunity uh, to get noticed the most and have the spotlight on them to kind of propel uh, their individual brand um, and a league brand potentially. Yeah, no, I think that's something that's often overlooked is it's not it's not always a competition level thing for these guys. It's, you know, proximity to their hometown. Some people like a steel standwork are going to stay, you know, in the Annapolis area because that's their hometown to them. Other guys, you know, maybe they want a little bit more competition and have different reasons. You know, if we don't know if Jesse Bernhardt's going over to the PLL. His brother's already there. Um, he lives in Annapolis, so it would make sense to go back to the, the Bayhawks. But he also talked about how he had a really close relationship with, you know, Brendan Kelly and Coach Cottle, and those two guys are no longer there. So, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, ultimately, I think with a lot of these NLL guys, like Zach Currier, I think you, you'll see them go where they get the most playing time. You know, not that Zach Currier, I think, would crack a PLL roster in a heartbeat uh, and, you know, really do well in that league. But I think, you know, he probably wants to just be able to go to Denver half the time and then, you know, a few other cities uh, for another five games and, you know, call it a day for that summer. It gives him a little more flexibility to play some summer box lacrosse and, you know, and then hit the ground running with the Roughnecks. A lot of this, these NLL guys, they just want to keep the sticks in their hands. You know, like a Randy Stotts, like that's their main priority. And, um, you know, it doesn't make sense to them to take a chance to go to the PLL and maybe not get a roster spot. Again, those two guys I mentioned I think would crack a roster in, in a heartbeat. But some other guys, you know, more borderline, like a Warren Jeffrey. Um, so it makes sense for them to re-sign the MLL. But yep, yep. that's just an important thing to remember when all this news comes out. We'll know Monday, maybe even sooner. Um, you know, who's going where, uh, and then we'll know who's eligible for this entry draft. With that, we'll take a, another quick break, uh, hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll kind of talk about this playoff picture for the NLL. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, so welcome back. Uh, now let's dive into some NLL. As I mentioned, I did get to see Ovechkin score 700 goals on Saturday, and then we got to witness, you know, another legend uh, get a milestone, and that was Brody Merrill. He recorded his 2,518th loose ball in the San Diego Seals game. So let's take a listen to the call from this monumental moment. And there it is. There it is for Brody Merrill. The loose ball record in the NLL, 2,518 career for Brody. What a career it has been for the captain. Unbelievable. With that loose ball, passing Jimmy Veltman for the all-time lead in loose balls. And again, the third player in National Lacrosse League history to be in that 2000 loose ball club. What an accomplishment for Brody Merrill. The captain, Brody Merrill, he reached his 2,518 loose balls. He's only the third to reach the 2,000 mark. Congrats to him. He still continues to dominate at the highest level. Uh, that was a, a headline uh, from this weekend. Um, some other headlines, you know, uh, these games overall really weren't super thrilling, um, with the exception of Halifax at Toronto was a defensive thriller. 
uh, through and through. And Warren Hill came up huge in that fourth quarter. Um, so they the Halifax Thunderbirds get that gutsy win over Toronto. And then Georgia and Calgary was the opposite. It was a shootout. And Calgary ended up on top 18-17 to 17, uh, late in overtime. Dane Doby, the captain, in his return, gets the game winner. Uh, he had a phenomenal day. So those were some highlights from the games from around the, the league. But we wanted this week to kind of focus more on this playoff picture that's kind of developed. So we know the first three seeds will go to the top division winners. And then the fourth through sixth seed will go to the division runner-ups. And the final two wildcard seeds will go to the two wildcard teams with the best overall record remaining. So with that, we have Philadelphia in the east, Halifax in the north, and Saskatchewan in the West winning their divisions. So we have Halifax at one, Saskatchewan at two, Philadelphia at three. Then the runners-up, you have Toronto at the fourth seed, New England at the fifth seed, and Calgary at the sixth seed. And then for the wild card, Buffalo would get the seventh seed and Georgia get the eighth seed. So we could see a Halifax versus Georgia matchup, Saskatchewan versus Buffalo matchup, Philadelphia versus Calgary matchup, and then Toronto versus New England. So those would be your playoff teams right now. Adam, do you think this will be the teams that we see in the playoffs, or do you think somebody could come from behind and uh, make a run to get into the playoffs? I think currently uh, the division leaders and those number two seeds uh, are pretty safe bets uh, to make the playoffs. And I think at least even one of those uh, currently wildcard teams in Georgia is probably safe to make the playoffs as well as uh, Buffalo. So, um, I think it's going to be pretty close. The, the, the division that really uh, is up there currently is that West division with how up in the air things are. Uh, Calgary's currently at 500, right? Well, uh, Colorado's at five and six, San Diego four and six, and Vancouver a little bit behind at four and seven. So uh, that's the division I think uh, that's going to have the biggest flux potentially uh, going down. Um, to the end of the season. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in that wild West. I think the name is pretty fitting uh, to see how the rest of the season goes. You know, absolutely. Like uh, Vancouver's not out of it. They're only three and a half games out of first and only a game and a half behind Calgary in that second slot. And, you know, depending on how things shape up, we could see a wildcard team come from the West. So Colorado, San Diego and Vancouver are still very much in the mix. Uh, I do agree though. I think, those other divisions are kind of locked up. I think, uh, you know, Rochester and New York, obviously, are uh, all hopes are pretty much lost for them, and that's why they're sellers right now during the trade trade deadline. Um, sitting at one and nine for the New York Riptide and one and eight for the Rochester Nighthawks. Um, but yeah, I think the West is still still wide open. Um, you know, I think Calgary could have another late surge, um, but I could also see you know Colorado kind of putting it together late too. Um, but in terms of any other division shakeups, um, I still wouldn't count out Toronto or Buffalo from making a run at this top North division. I think, though, it's pretty much set that we will see three teams come from the North. Um, I, I really don't see either of these teams faltering too much that they, they drop out of uh, the playoffs. But, um, yeah, I think that division, too, is highly contested. Yeah, and, you know, I think there's going to be some big storylines uh, that I mentioned earlier. Um, and that we'll, we'll talk about in terms of uh, player acquisition, whether it's the trade deadline, we, we've talked about that a little bit, but just injuries and players returning from and players returning from suspension. You know, I talked, I mentioned 
the Dane Smith injury. We don't know how long he's going to be out. He won't be playing this weekend. That's a big blow uh, to a Buffalo offense. Uh, and the return of uh, Mr. MVP himself, Dane Doby, this week with an absurd six-point uh, return. Um, so that Calgary offense looked like it was gelling with the captain back. So um, we'll be, it'll be interesting to see um, if those big additions um, or subtractions will play a role, obviously, going down the stretch run. Yeah, no, for sure. But that's the playoff picture right now. Still plenty of season left. We're at week 14 this weekend um, and a big slate of games. There's eight games this weekend. So we're two-thirds of the way there, and we're looking to see how this playoff picture shakes up even more after this weekend. Uh, with that, though, that brings us to our fancy lacrosse section. In cage, you had Nick Rose, led the goaltenders with 10.5 points. Then at forward, two players that were on a tier of their own were Callum Crawford with 13.5 points and Curtis Dixon with 11.5 points. And then in terms of defense and transition, you had Adam Bomberry leading with seven points, and Graham Hosick and Matt Beers following him with five and a half points each. So those were your top performers from this weekend in fantasy lacrosse. And then our epic lacrosse fantasy locks did pretty pretty well too this past weekend. Uh, yours was Clark Peterson uh, with four point five points. Um, it's a butte, Clark. It's a butte. Um, and then I had Randy Stotts. He got me nine points. So another nine-point week from a Georgia lock for me. So I might need to, you know, maybe go Lyle Thompson or Miles Thompson stick with the Georgia theme because uh, they they both got me nine points in two consecutive weeks. So shout out to Randy Stotts, an epic lacrosse athlete. Uh, but let's kind of discuss who do you think is going to be your epic lacrosse fantasy lock for this weekend? Yeah, you know, I think he had a fantastic game against them earlier in the season. Uh, he's one of the top players in the league. I'm going to go with Callum Crawford. Uh, he's playing ex an expansion franchise uh, in the Riptide this week. Um, so I think he's going to have another big game. All right, and I'm going uh, Ryan Banesh. Um, I'd like to see him have a, a big game against New England. Um, they also play Buffalo this weekend, too. Um, I think I'll have a big game regardless in either of those. He's He's really done... You know, wonders not only, you know, scoring wise, but he also gets a lot of loose balls, uh, which, you know, is still an important statistic in fantasy. So he got 7.25 points last week, um, and he's guaranteed to get a handful of goals each game. So I like Ryan Banesh to keep adding to his goal total and uh, get me a big fantasy lacrosse week. Lock it down. So that's this week's Epic Lacrosse Fantasy Locks. Let us know your locks by tweeting us your pick using the hashtag. Epic Lacrosse Fancy Lock. With that, we'll go to a quick break, hear another word from our sponsor, and then we'll dive into our pick and roll for these eight games this weekend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So now let's make our game picks for these Week 14 matchups. On Friday, we have a game between the Black Wolves and the Riptide. Adam, who do you like in this one? Yeah, you know, I picked him as my fantasy 
uh, lock for the week in Callum Crawford. I expect him to have a big week. I expect the rest of the uh, Black Wolf roster to have a big night as well uh, against uh, the Scripside squad. I don't think this is where they get their victory. I'd take Black Wolves. Yeah, I'm taking Black Wolves as well, uh, for the reasons you mentioned. And in the next game, the Riptide have a back-to-back. They take on the Rochester Nighthawks in Rochester. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, this is uh, going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, I think the Nighthawks, as an expansion franchise, are a little bit further ahead uh, at, than the Riptide. So I give them the slight edge. I take Rochester. All right, I'm going to pick uh, the Riptide in this one. Uh, I think, you know, the Nighthawks trade away a few pieces. Not too big of pieces, but, um, you know, I think the Riptide have a more complete offense. Uh, it will come down to whether, you know, Alex Buque, how he plays in cage. Um, but, you know, we are getting Kieran McCardle on the podcast next week, so I'm going Riptide in this one. Uh, following that, we have the Thunderbirds in Buffalo in Banditland taking on the Bandits. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, you know, despite being in Buffalo, um, the most likely absence of Dane Smith, I think this Halifax offense is a little bit too strong uh, for Buffalo, and they get their eighth victory of the season. All right, I'm going uh, Halifax as well in this one. Um, I Again, I think they're the most complete team right now, and I think Warren Hill you know, comes up big and caged against the Bandits. Following that, at 8.30, we have the Toronto Rock traveling to Saskatchewan to take on the Rush. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, I think this is my most anticipated matchup of the weekend. I'm really excited to watch this one. Uh, I think Evan Kirk comes up big in cage for Sask, and I think they get their seventh victory of the season and stay atop uh, that West Division. All right, I'm going Rock. Um, I think the the Rock are going to keep even keel in the North Division, and I think they're going to get a big win against the Rush and going to make this West Division a lot more interesting. And then following that, we have the Wings at the Mammoth in Colorado in the Loud House. Who do you like in this one, Adam? Yeah, this is definitely a toss-up as well. Um, we've had, we're, this is a, was a toss-up for me. Um, we have a potent Wings offense that was has been clicking pretty well against a really strong Mammoth defense and Dylan Ward. Uh, I take Wings in this one. I think they bounce back uh, from uh, that loss to Sask last week. Um, and the up-and-down season continues for the Mammoth. And I take wings. Such a homer. <laughs> no, I'm going mammoth in this one. I think they're desperate for another win. Uh, again, they're, this West Division is wide open, so um, I think they added, you know, adding Tyler Digby is a big piece. Um, so it's going to be a close one, but I, I think Dylan Ward is a little too much for this wings offense, and I think the mammoth get the win. And then following that at 9.30, we have the Seals taking on the Roughnecks in Calgary. Who do you like in this game? Yeah, you know, with the resurgence of that Calgary offense last week, uh, with the return of captain Dane Dovey, uh, I think it's going to be a little bit too much for the Seals, especially if being home, they have to make the trek to Calgary. I take Roughnecks. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Roughnecks are going to go on another run, you know, trying to make another playoff push like the last season. I think they're, you know, clicking at the right times, and they still, I think, in my mind, have the best goaltender, uh, if not. And I think in my mind they still have one of the best goaltenders, if not the best, in Christian Del Bianco in cage. So uh, you can never go wrong with him. Um, I think he'll kind of bounce back from letting in a lot against Georgia. You know, Seals aren't as high-powered of an offense as Georgia, so I'm giving this one to the Roughnecks as well. You're such a podcast guest, Homer. <laughs> nah, it's true. 
Uh, I do have a soft spot for our podcast guests. Um, which leads us to Georgia taking on Vancouver. We've had two guests from Georgia and one from Vancouver. So who do you like in this one, Adam? I'm going to say it's the pie call of McKettle Black, I guess, because I'm taking Georgia in this one. Um, though it's in Vancouver, um, they, like I said, they've had an up and down season as well. And I think this Georgia team uh, is going to be angry uh, after coming that, off that OT loss last week. I think their offense is playing well, and I think they get the victory in Vancouver. All right, I think you hit the nail on the head. Vancouver is up and down. And they were down last week, so I'm going to call upset in this one. They're at home. Uh, I think Mitch Jones is going to have a big day, and uh, Logan Chuss is going to make his granny proud, and I think they're going to hand the Swarm another uh, brutal loss in this one, so I'm going Vancouver. And then our final game of the weekend, our Sunday night at the casino in New England, Halifax taking on the Black Wolves. Who do you like in this game? This is an interesting matchup for me. Uh, I've been looking at this one for a, a little while now, uh, and I think uh, the Black Wolves go 2-0 and um, and upset this Halifax squad to muddle that East Division a little bit. I take Black Wolves. All right, I really haven't liked how the Black Wolves have played so far. I just think they kind of played down to teams' levels, um, and I think they're going to need to bring their A game against Thunderbirds. I think it'll be close. But again, the Thunderbirds are the most complete team. Um, you know, we've seen them come from behind so many times. And this past weekend, they put together a complete game for the most part. Um, they're getting good goalie play, solid offense. Uh, they do all the intangibles well, you know, score on transition, get loose balls, defend well. Um, again, I still think they're the best team in the league right now, so I'm taking Thunderbirds. So those are our game picks for the week. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed. We want to point you over to our interview with Pat Harbison that's currently up. We interviewed him this past week. Um, he was really great to talk to. Just kind of, you know, it's nice to get a perspective from a short stick defensive midi and one who, you know, started out as an offensive midi and kind of made a name for himself on the defensive side. So he was really great to talk to, a lot of great insight, um, just kind of how he's kind of come from being an undrafted uh, rookie, you know, getting a shot with the Outlaws, eventually working his way, becoming MLL champion, and now being on the Redwoods. Um, just a great story overall, so check out our interview with him. We're also happy to announce upcoming interviews, as I, we kind of teased earlier, with Kieran McArdle with the New York Riptide and Water Dogs, uh, as well as the Van Thoff sisters next week. And then we'll also be interviewing head coach of the Philadelphia Barrage, Spencer Ford, um, as well. So we have a lot of great interviews coming up, so be on the lookout for those. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and newsletter so you never miss a podcast episode. Um, and feel free to, you know, check our social media periodically. We might be breaking some more news <laughs> as the week progresses, especially in the regards to the MLL PLL uh, player movement. So be on the lookout for that. Follow Adam at Adam Moore PLT. Follow me at Hutton Jackson and follow Dan Arestia at Dan Arestia. With that, let's go into overtime, Adam. What are you looking forward to most this coming weekend? There's a lot. We have a lot of great games on the slate for the NLL. But as someone who loves trades, I'm really excited about the trade deadline coming up. Hoping we have some, some big trades in the NLL. Um, and hey, you know, we've seen a few in the MLL and PLL potentially as well. So trade season is hot right now. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, no. And speaking of trade, as we're looking now, the, the PLL website has switched back Miles Jones and Sergio Salcido. So your screenshots are still there. But 
the website has reverted back to its normal self. So we really don't know what to make of any of this. Um, I feel like we're being punked every week uh, with with this news. Um, but we will find out hopefully sooner or later if there's any validity to that Miles Jones and Sergio Salcedo trade. Uh, we did see the Water Dogs news leak, so it's anything's possible. The PLL is not um, ironclad from you know a leak potentially, so that could be the case with this. We'll find out. Uh, but what I'm looking forward to most is just seeing which MLL players decide to go over to the PLL and which ones decide to stay. Um, that will kind of give us an idea of you know who's going to be available in the entry draft. And I'd like to also kind of find out you know what's the lottery going to be um, and when we're going to find out those picks for that entry draft. You know, again, the big rumor on the street is that Rob Pinnell is going to the PLL. Uh, we don't know that for certain, but we're pretty pretty sure that's probably going to be the case. And if you ask me. Um, without seeing any of the other people coming over, he'd be my number one pick still. So who gets that number one pick is something that also intrigues me because they're going to be adding a perennial all-star and really talented player in Rob Pinnell um, and a real difference maker. So um, if he does go over to the PLL, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. But that wraps up episode 67. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for putting up with our little intermission to break some news for you. And we hope you guys tune in next time to Pro Lacrosse Talk. If you enjoyed this interview, please leave us a review on Apple, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media at Pro Lacrosse Talk or visit our website, ProLacrosseTalk.com. Uh, and finally, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And we hope you tune in next time to Pro Lacrosse Talk. <laughs>